Hello, welcome to the Smarticle Podcast. Each day on the show, we take an interesting idea or topic and dissect it. All we ask of you is that you give us 15 minutes so that we can entertain you. And maybe, just maybe, you might learn something new. Welcome to Smarticle. If you're a parent, Brandon's about to ready to kick you right in the groin region. So hold on, but first five seconds of silence. Here's the headline. It's not kids with the cell phone problem. It's parents. This comes from the great Pamela Paul oh. in the New York Times. Oh, uh, interestingly, she's an opinion columnist. It's hard to give Wagger woke us for opinion columnists. It's obviously an opinion. She's more woke than she is MAGA. But oh. I don't know to what degree she's woke. I was hoping she would be MAGA, a Trumper. No, definitely not a Trumper. Oh. We tell ourselves the phone will give our kids a sense of independence, even though phone trackers let us know exactly where they are. It'll teach our kids to be responsible, even though we pay the bill. The news that some districts are cracking down on cell phones is thus a bewildering case of competing interests among kids, administrators, teachers, parents, and other parents. New study by Common Sense Media found that 97% of teen and preteen respondents said they use their phones during the school day for things like social media, gaming, and YouTube. So that's not good. So now Florida has issued a statewide prohibition against students' cell phones in the classroom. One district in Florida went so far as to ban phones during the school day entirely. The nacho shock shocking result, Brandon, less bullying, increased student engagement, even actual eye contact between students and teachers in the hallway. We know this in 2018, a school in Ireland decided to ban cell phones altogether. The result, a significant increase in student face-to-face social interactions not the school's job to police kids phone habits something parents are acutely aware isn't easy parents are the problem when one group of parents in my district confronted the administration about its lax policy towards cell phones the principal said whenever you raise the issue parents were the one who complained how would they reach their children all right brandon first and foremost how long before maple gets a phone she will not get a phone before high school. Oh. It's a bit of a bone of contention in our family because- Ooh, ooh, I like that. My wife and I don't necessarily agree on this. Oh, I like that. But when it comes to things around education, my wife tends to give me the benefit of the doubt. Ooh. And I have a lot of thoughts on this article as a former educator. I'm not going to give it. Hold but on real quickly. How old, is, how old is your daughter? She's how long? Eight, she'll be eight in about a month. Do any of her friends have uh, iWatches or phones? I don't think so yet no that puts a little pressure when the friends start getting them you're yeah. like oh great right i totally get it and that is something that this article was really a good i actually sent it to my wife oh, i thought it was a really good wow. um because i've been looking for reasons to fight against it my my brother and sister-in-law have very different parenting style than ours and their kids are great but they they're just like here have a phone here watch tv all day they just don't they just think it's not a big deal and when I brought this, there's a lot of those parents out there. Right. When I brought it up, people get very, very defensive because I think at the back of everyone's mind, everyone's a little bit like, yeah, this probably isn't the best thing to do it, but it makes my life easier. So I'm going to justify it by, you know, saying, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. It's this or it's that. I, I just think that it's one of those things. I was on a plane flight the other night, overnight flight, and I was sitting next to two. Coming back from two jolly old England, Larry? Two parents and two kids. 
And one of the kids was screaming. And it wasn't like, uh, oh, my ears hurt or I'm... They were screaming as they were watching a uh, cartoon on TV. This parent, in the middle of the night, we're all trying to sleep on a plane, was letting their kids scream as they watched a cartoon. And I was so tempted to just be like, this is your parenting style, to just let your kids in this plane. How old was the kid? Mm, Four, five. Okay. Somewhere in the mix there. And then I just thought, well, some parents just don't have the capacity to parent. Like this was their, they, they literally, even in a plane when everybody's looking at them, could not say, hey, you can't do that. And I think you mentioned it. Some parents just don't have the capacity. They just throw technology and hope for the best. It's too hard to intervene. I actually think that it's more than just that in that case, in that type of parenting is that it is a bizarre way for people to ignore the world around them. Yes. Obviously, a person that was self-aware would know that they, you and I have talked about it on the show. I am horrified. You are horrified when my kid's behavior affects the world around us. Oh, my like, gosh. It's embarrassing to me. I'm like, stop doing it. Even when my kid acts like a normal kid in front of, I'm like, hey, hey, hey you know, stop. I behave. think we're abnormal about that, though. This is this new plane thing. I, I think we're the, we're not the, we're not usual. Well, I don't know. I think this argue would argue the fact that, or would defend the fact that we're starting to see the pendulum swing back the other way. Oh, that really? People are beginning to realize that some of the things that we accept it is like, oh, that's just the way it is. People are seeing the danger of them. This woman also wrote a book called Pornified about Ew. sort of the pornification of America and the world. And I think that even, you know, we're starting to see that pendulum where people are like, hey, maybe just having access to all this stuff isn't what's best for us. Well, but hold on back to around the phone thing. No, what I'm saying about the phone thing is she referenced in this article about how a lot of schools started just saying, Hey, we can't, if we can't beat them, join them. So they started saying, kids, take out your phones and do this stuff at school. And I fell into that. I was, when phones, kids started getting in middle school, especially, I'd be like, I just take a picture of the homework or send the assignment or do whatever. It made sense because it was, I look at a phone, a tablet, a computer as a tool, but even as an adult, I find myself pulling out my phone at the, we, we've got a rule now. No one can have a phone at the dinner table. Mom, Look at dad, you. Ah, you can't, you can't, you just can't do it because it's just too distracting. It's not even when, no matter what it is, you just got to put your phone away during dinner. You can't take it out Yeah. because for a half an hour, hour, you don't need to be contacted. Nothing's going to be so important that you bring don't the need pain, Brandon. Oh, you're dropping. Man. So my point about this is that, okay, what is the point? I'm waiting for it. Well, if you keep interrupting, it's hard okay. to make a point because right. you just keep jackwagoning this operation. Okay. Here's the point, Larry. As a teacher of a lot of years, I rode the wave of cell phone. 2007, the first iPhone comes out. It becomes ubiquitous now by 2010, 2012. Okay. I thought we were making a point here. Yeah, listen, jackwagon. There's a thing called cultural lag. It takes time for people to accept a new technology and know how to deal with it. Well, technology is so it's come across us so fast that we hadn't actually had time to process how we were going to use this. And what I mean by the pendulum swinging back is that now we've had 15 years of smartphones, of mobile phones in the hands okay. of our students. So we're All starting right. to say, maybe it's not a good idea to have them in the schools. That's my point, Larry. Wow, that was good. I like that point. You have a kid. I have some kids. I have to try to be a good parent and teach them about. A- all sorts of things. I need to teach them about how to study. I yeah. need to teach them about how to deal with money. Sure. I'm kind of trying to teach them about God and faith. 
if you're a good parent. If you're a good parent. And once again, I'm now realizing that are, there are a lot of mostly bad parents who don't <laughs> take the initiative. I, I don't know if that's true. But. Anyways, but we also now have to teach our kids about technology. This is not Absolutely. school. This is us. And well, I think, we're teaching them about a culture that we don't come from. They're digital yeah. natives and we're digital yeah. immigrants. We're trying to, we're like the old man telling you what to, yeah, right. Okay, dad, I know that whatever. <laughs> you don't even know how to use your Snapchat channel, dude. I do actually. So most parents are at a loss. They don't really understand the technology anyway. And their kids understand it in terms of how to use it. They don't understand the long-term ramifications of using it. That's the point. Yes. And also too, I feel like you're saying this with your dinner procedure. Mm-hmm. You're setting a bad example for them. They see us on our phones all the time. Oh, yeah. So then they say it's okay for me to be on the phone all the time. Well, and I think that you hit it on the head with the parent on the plane. Technology makes a really great babysitter. It removes all – I mean, you don't have to worry about it. You plop your kid down. I know. So my kid was sick, for, had the flu for four days, and we just – we have a rule. When you're sick, you can watch as much TV. We don't let, oh. watch TV, we don't let her watch TV yeah. during the week. But when she's sick, she gets to watch TV. She watched nothing but TV for four days to the point where I was like, you got to turn that TV off. (laughs) And I think that I've known parents, I won't name any names, but with very, very young children that just use the TV, the tablet, the phone, whatever it is to babysit their kid because they didn't really want to be parents to start with or they're patently selfish people. And so they're like, hey, just, just here, we'll put this. I mean, being a parent's hard. It's labor intensive. You do not get to take a day off. You're like, oh, you know what? It's Friday. Do whatever you want today. I'm on vacation. It doesn't work that way. You are a parent from the second your child is born to the day you die. That's just the way it is. You sign up for that. But most people don't get it. They didn't read the fine print in the contract. All they wanted to do was have a little shrimp, shrimp, right? They wanted to have a little good time and, oh, I want to have a kid. Like, dude, no, a kid is a massive responsibility if you're a good parent. I do believe the number one thing parents need to teach before their kids is to learn interpersonal skills. This article somewhat talks about that. Looking another human being in the eye. Is your kid going to be able to go to a job interview and right. look at someone in the eye and say, like, answer questions and be comfortable? In this day and age, my kids do it too. They go out with their friends. If you go to a junior high gathering or a high school one, everybody's got their phone out. All on their phones. And they're somewhat talking and have a conversation all the meanwhile having their phone and Googling it at the same time. Yeah, it's more like parallel play. They're basically is. part of the experiences that for them, they're all looking at the same stuff, but it's online as opposed to we're right in front of each other. I yes. think the best thing any school could do would be to ban phones. Now, I here's the problem. Parents are going to lose their yeah. effing minds when you do that because they're like, yep. ah, we got mad. my child could get kidnapped. I'm like, well, what did we do before phones? We had to deal with stuff before phones. It's not like it's been around that long to have these phones. I would 100% vote for my school to to ban phones. I, I would, would be too. fully in support of that. Absolutely. And I think that it will happen because I think what we're going to see is we're already seeing all the statistics play it out. Mental health issues with teens, all, all these issues around, even this issue around trans which is obviously the hot button issue. But a lot of this comes because kids go down a rabbit hole online and like, maybe I'm trans too. I'm like, no, if you're trans, you're really trans. It's not like you have to figure it out. You are trans. trans. My point is there are trans youth, but not 
the percentage of trans youth is not as high, and that has a lot to do with social media and phones. What I thought was the most interesting statistic is that bullying went down when you took the phones away. Right. Because it's online. Well, they're talking about online bullying. Because what's basically happening is that kids are going, no, they're not punching each other on the playground because they're not even seeing each other. They're bullying each other online. They're making mean comments to each other on on people's social media pages. You said it yourself. Like, you get on there and you've got this bizarre thing you got to live up to of perfection online that doesn't I, every single day I'm reading about an influencer that's killed themselves because oh, somebody said okay. a mean comment now, to them. No, but that's the, but that's the same thing. It's not a rabbit hole. It's all connected, Larry. You know, uh back in the good old days, Brandon, oh. when I would walk out to the uh you know, sure. I get fifteen minutes for playground or thirty minutes for lunch. Yeah. The biggest decision I had, am I playing tetherball? Right. Am I going down the slide? Flag football. Maybe maybe a four square, Brandon. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a four square. Right. That was like, that was the good old days, Brandon. I just wanted to talk about the good old days where I didn't have to go to my Snapchat behind a corner and send someone a disappearing picture of my D in seventh grade. <laughs> I got to play tetherball. I would and pray that no one would send a picture of your D to anyone ever. No, no, personally. no, but I didn't have to in seventh grade. Now you got to worry about that. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think that this is a very interesting okay. topic of conversation and worth uh, a continuing conversation as a society. Is there a chance that I'll get invited over for a, di- a phoneless dinner at your house at some particular point, Brandon? Well, you live 3,000 miles away. but I want to uh, come anyways. You've, no, you've actually told me you will never come visit. So <laughs> unless the show blows, that is another reason for people to subscribe, like, follow oh. the show, is that we can make enough money as a show for you to be able to fly, even economy, to Asheville, North Carolina. We can have a, a meeting of the How I Got That Way company and the Smarticle podcast together in person. Feed Brandon's phoneless dinners by following, liking, subscribing to the show. Brandon, thank you for sharing.